Hey, this is Greg Harvey, pastor at Embrace Church. Enjoy today's message and subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming sermons. In Genesis chapter 25, verse 24, it says, So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb, and the first came out. Isn't this the scariest verse if you were a mom? This is your worst nightmare right here. Giving birth to some child that is red and like a hairy garment all over. And they called him Esau, which is short for Chewbacca. Evidently. Scary. Afterwards, his brother came out. And his, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. Maybe that was the problem. Guys, don't wait so long. You'll create hairy babies. So the boys grew And Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob, Jacob was a mild man, dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. But Rebekah loved Jacob because he wasn't red and hairy. Now Jacob cooks cooked a stew and Esau came in from the field and he was weary and Esau said to Jacob please feed me with that same red stew for I'm weary therefore his name was called Edom but Jacob said sell me your birthright as of this day and Esau said look I'm about to die So what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. And I don't know if you realize what has happened here, but the birthright was something special. The birthright meant a lot more. The fact that Esau was the firstborn, he got a birthright with that. The birthright entitled Esau to double the inheritance of Jacob. Double the Now that might not mean much to you, But to Jacob and Esau, because Isaac was a very wealthy man, you might say, well, that don't mean much to me. My parents don't have anything. No, Isaac was wealthy. So so the birthright would have given him two-thirds of everything that Isaac had, and Jacob would have just got a third And Esau's willing to trade his inheritance. Two-thirds of everything that I have coming for a bowl 
of stew. That is a terrible trade. Come on, tell your neighbor, that is a bad trade. That's a bad trade. You can be, you can be seated this morning. That is a bad trade. That is a, that is, would go down in history, have to go down as one of the worst trades in all humanity. That has to go down as one of the worst negotiations, the worst deals, the worst that you've ever seen. I mean, you're giving up, potentially nowadays it would be millions and millions of dollars for a bowl. And it wasn't even good stew. There's no meat in it. It's lentils. Just a bowl of lentils and some bread. I forgot the bread. Some of you are going, well, if bread's in there, you know, I'm a need my carbs. That's a bad trade. And this morning I want to preach to you on just beware of the bowl. Beware of the bowl. Beware of the bowl because I'm afraid that in the world that we live in today, even though we look at this and say that's a horrible trade, that's a horrible deal, I think how many of us as Christians do we do about the same that we trade our inheritance for what we want now in a moment, for what smells good at the moment, for looks, what looks good at the moment, and we make the same kind of deal with the enemy of we're trading inheritances and we're trading anointings and we're trading peace and we're trading joy. We're trading these things as part of our inheritance for just a moment of our fleshly appetite. Just a moment. Beware of the bowl is what I'm saying. Beware of what the enemy presents in front of you. Beware of the bowl because if you had it in your mind and if you looked at it and you saw it for what it is, you would never make that stupid trade in the first place. So beware of the bowl. Beware of the bowl. Don't get caught up in the bowl. And, and, and can I just, just show you a few things Within this that you see taking place and, and be cautious of. As you're beware of the bowl, look, beware of mistaking growth for maturity. Because Genesis 25 and 27, it said, it stated that the boys grew. That Esau and Jacob grew. So, so they grew they grew up, they grew in stature, they grew physically, but they're arguing like kids right now. They, they grew, but they're still acting immature. They grew in their skills, even. They grew in their abilities. It says Esau, Esau grew as a skilled hunter, so they grew in their skills, but they're acting like they have no growth at all. They're acting like child still. See, Esau, Esau got really good at what he did, but he didn't grow in who he was. He grew in his abilities, 
but he didn't grow in his character. He grew in his skills. He grew in those areas, but he didn't really grow in who he was. So he forfeited everything that he had in a moment because he grew in skills, but he didn't grow in character. He was a skilled hunter. He became very good at killing his dinner, but he couldn't control his appetite. Be careful in mistaking growth, age, for maturity. Don't mistake it. Don't don't mistake it. See, you can grow. You can grow and not develop. I know a lot of people who grow in age, but not in wisdom. So be careful. Don't mistake growth for maturity. Don't always mistake age for wisdom or or ability for character. We get caught up in their talents and their gifts and their skills. Don't get caught up in that. See, don't, don't mistake someone's skill level or their talent level for their maturity level or their, their wisdom, their character. Can, can I, let, me, let me give you some examples with this because I don't, don't know if you're kind of, you're, staring, you're just staring at me awkwardly. I'm not even looking at you right now because of that. I know people who are skilled in areas like Esau, skilled hunter, but can't control the appetite. So, example, I know people who are skilled at making money, but they haven't matured enough to control their money. So, yes, they're skilled. They're skilled at making it, but they have nothing to show for it. They're skilled at making it. They can make a dollar. They can make a dollar, but they have nothing to show for it in their life. They're always broke. They're always dependent upon somebody else. So don't mistake. Don't mistake skill for character. I know people, I know people who are skilled at making friends, but don't have any friends. Come on. Come on. Come on. They're skilled. I mean, I mean, they're just a natural. They can go up to anybody, just carry a conversation. They're just natural. They're natural at it. They're just skilled with this ability just to make friends. And they'll make friends, make friends, make friends, but they don't let anybody get close to them so they don't keep friends. They run anybody off that gets a little close, that gets a little close because they're skilled at something, but they can't control the appetite. So they haven't matured in their skill, in their character. So don't mistake growth just because it can do something, just because they've gotten a little older. Don't mistake it for maturity. Because if you don't have the maturity, you'll never keep it. You'll make stupid decisions like Esau. So you can grow up on the outside, but stay small on the inside. So you need to ask yourself if you've really grown up. Or or are you still governing childish selfishness impulses in your life? 
Come on, look at yourself. Ask yourself that. Am I really growing? Or have I just gotten older? Am I really growing? Or am I still dependent? Am I still acting like a kid? Because if you're still acting that way, you'll fall for the bowl. When the enemy presents it, you'll lead it up. Because you'll trade it in a moment. So, so beware, don't mistake growth for maturity. Let, let, let me give you another one. Beware of unsatisfied appetites that become exaggerated emotions. Now, now I know y'all don't know anybody that gets hangry. I know y'all don't get know anybody that when you get a little hungry, you get a little different. That your emotions and your hunger go together. That, that as your hunger increases, your emotions increase. I know you don't know anybody like that, even though I see you nudging somebody beside you right now and smiling and saying, that's you. You better be careful of doing that. They might be hungry. You better give them a Snickers while you're nudging them. Eat up. So beware, really, beware that you don't get too hungry. Esau came in too hungry. In fact, we would say in the South, growing up, we would say he was hungry. There's a difference between hungry and hungry. Hungry. How many's ever been hungry? I mean, I mean, you're, there's a difference. You draw it out. Esau was hungry. He went out to hunt food, but he came back empty-handed. And isn't it just like the enemy? That when he came back empty-handed, and he came back too weary, and he came back too hungry, that he walks into the tent, where, by the way, that's where Jacob just hangs. He's a tent dweller. And Jacob's fixing stew. And we're... Where Esau skilled at hunting, Jacob skilled at cooking. Because he would hang with his mom. He would hang with the ladies in the tents. Smart boy. Hairy brother out there hunting. Probably getting hunted, thinking he's Bigfoot. But he's, he's out there hunting. And he comes back empty-handed, and he's hungry, and he comes in, and now it's time for Jacob's skills to shine, and he smells the food. Oh, oh, do you notice when you're really hungry, your sense of smell just goes up? Come on, do you, do you, do you know? I, 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 I was, was, was fasting this week, and, and, and we could be driving down the road, come to a stop sign, and I go, 
oh, I smell something cooking. I bet that's Burger King right there. Those flame rolled whoppers smell good right now. That scent just coming up. Yeah, it's just, it was, it was blocks away, but I could smell it because, because my senses become exaggerated too. When you're hungry, and you know that he came in hungry, and that stew had to have been smelling good. I mean, it's lentils, but it smelt good. It's just beans, but it smelt good. And he's hungry in the senses. It's running from his nose to his brain to his belly. And he has to have it. And he wants it. And he comes in because he's gotten too hungry. And he tells his brother, he says, Jacob, Jacob, that smells good what you're cooking, brother. Oh, give me. Give me some of that. Give me, give me just, just a bowl. Give me, give me a bowl. Maybe throw in some bread and a drink, by the way. Just, just, just a bowl, though, and, and that bread and, and, and extra scoop. And, and throw, throw, I mean, he's hungry and he's, brother, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And because he's too hungry, his brother says, well, let me have your birthright. Make an even trade. Birthright for the bowl. Birthright for the bowl. What do you think? And because Esau is too hungry and his emotions are exaggerated, he says, what good is this birthright anyway? I'm about to die. No, you're not. Come on, come on now. You're not about to die. You just came in from hunting. You're not about to die. It's not like they carried you in from the field you had been on. No, you're just too hungry. So your emotions are exaggerated. And now, now you're thinking, you're, you're not thinking like you would normally think because Esau, you got to think about it. Esau's this strong, big, hairy brother. This skilled hunter, you know he's an outdoorsman. You know he can bench press more than Jacob, who's hanging out in the tents all the time. If his emotions weren't exaggerated, Esau would have just said, Boy, give me that stew, I ain't asking you again, and would have just slapped him around because he could. He was stronger than him. He was more powerful than him. He could have just beat him up and taken the whole pot of stew from Jacob. But instead, because he got too hungry, because his emotions get exaggerated, he doesn't realize his strength that he has within him. And he turns it all over and he says, Yes, I'm about to die. Give me the stew. I'll trade you anything for that stew right now. Because he's too hungry so be careful be careful be careful be careful that you don't get too hungry because when you get too hungry you'll reach for anything that satisfies your appetite oh come on I'm I'm not talking about food right now I don't know if you caught the switch I don't know if you caught the switch that, that just went, but, but it, when you get too hungry, come on, when you get too hungry for love, and you're not getting fed by the Word, 
You're not getting fed by the worship. You're not getting fed constantly by the one who is love, by God Himself, the only one who really can define love. When you get too hungry for love, you'll start reaching out for anything to try and satisfy an appetite. The enemy can present any bowl to you and you'll eat it up because you get too hungry. See, when you, when you get too, too hungry for someone else to satisfy, you'll reach for anything to satisfy. The enemy can just, can just present. And he's good about it. He's good about it. He'll present the bowl to you. And it, oh, it smells good when you get too hungry. You'll do things you wouldn't normally do. You'll get thing, you'll do things that you that you've ate of the bowl before and you regretted it and you left, but he'll present it back to you and you'll go, well, maybe this time it'll be different. When you get too hungry. When you get too hungry for affection. When you get too hungry for acceptance. And you start reaching for anything, in anybody, in any place. You'll start checking your Facebook again and again. Come on. Oh, I know what you do. <laughs> you'll take more selfies. You'll post more things. If it doesn't get enough likes, you'll delete it and try to repost it again later. Maybe this time they'll like it. Maybe because I'm after, I'm after acceptance. I just want some confirmation. And when you get too hungry, you'll, you'll depend upon that. Instead of the only one who can accept you because he's the one that created you. You see, we exchange. I'm tired of seeing Christians exchanging inheritances for bowls. Inheritances for a moment. Inheritances for just right now. Inheritance just just because, well, it smells right. And I think, my, I think, my goodness, he exchanged it all for a bowl of lentils. It was, it's not like it was bluebell. Come on. Come on, I mean, I mean, who, who, in, who out here, let me see a show of hands, how many has ever said, boy, I would love to have a good bowl of lentils right now. Oh, oh, y'all are being, y'all, I, I asked the wrong crowd, there's hands going up. Let me ask it this way. How many has ever said, I would love to have a big bowl of ice cream right now, come on. All right, I, that's my people. See, see, he's able to trade in something that you normally wouldn't trade for. And there's a danger. There's a danger in this. There's a danger in getting too hungry. You'll trade. You'll trade it all when you get too hungry. And I, I can relate to Esau in this sometimes. I'm afraid there's been too many times I've traded anointing 
for bowls. His presence for a bowl. And I'm telling you, when I look back, it always happened because I was in a place I got too hungry. And when you get too hungry, the enemy can present anything to you. To feed the senses, to feed the appetite, to feed it, to feed it. So beware, beware. Beware of, beware of this, beware of the temptation to give up what you want most for what you want now. Well, let let me say that again because some of y'all really need to hear that good. Some of you just grown. There's the difference between growth and maturity. Beware of the temptation to give up what you want most for what you want now. Because we live in a world that we want it now. Come on, come on. There's a reason there's a commercial that you can't stand, but you know the jingle by Wentworth that it's my money and I want it. Oh, you heathens. It's my money and I want it now. It's my thing and I want it now. We live at a place that we want the now so let me let me be careful let me warn you beware that you don't give up what you want most for what you want now he see it said that after esau sold his birthright it just said he ate the stew he ate the bread He drank, and he got up, and he left. In case I'm, unless I missed something, it didn't even say he enjoyed it. It didn't even say that Jacob or that Esau said, "Mm, "That was good." He didn't even enjoy it. He, he gave it up and he didn't even enjoy it. That's because the bowl always looks better in the moment than it really is. It didn't even satisfy him. He just, he just got up and left. He just got up and left and it says that he despised his birthright after that. He just, he, he just got up. Didn't even say he was full. It didn't say, he didn't say, I can't eat another bite. Oh, that was so good. He just despised it. And I'm afraid we we trade in things that don't even satisfy us. So we go back and we go back and we go back and we go back. As a pastor, I've watched too many times Christians. Giving up their birthrights or inheritance because I don't know if you know your birthright, but you're a child of God. Giving up their birthright for what's in the bowl. 
They give up they give up what they want most for what they want now in the moment that if if you ask them before they would say, oh, no, no, I don't I don't want that. I, I want I want his blessings instead. I don't I don't want this. I don't want this. But I'm tired because I've watched too many Christians take this. I want to tell you, I want to tell you, I've, I've watched, I've watched, I've watched as, as people that serve God. They want, they want God. If you ask them, if you ask them, they want, they want a close relationship with him. They want God with everything within them. Uh, but they can't make a commitment to him because the bowl of entertainment. Or, or, or I've, I've watched as men, men that if you ask them when they're full, you ask them when they're in their right mind. You ask them at the moment that they'll say, they'll say, I want to be the best husband. I want to be the best father. But I've watched them give it all up for an affair of now. Why? Why the bowl? I'm talking to somebody right now. Beware, beware. Don't give up what you want most for what you want now. I, I, I remember when I was, I, I was just in Bible college. And, and I grew up in Arkansas. That's why I don't speak correct English sometimes. I'm lucky I can read. I'm one of the few. <laughs> I married a girl from California, so she wasn't my cousin. I'm happy. I'm, I'm good. I'm one of the few in Arkansas. I went to Bible college, and I remember I had a good friend who was a little bit younger than me, that there was such an anointing on his life. I mean, at, at 17, um, he's just a little bit younger than me. At 17, he, he would go around. He was an anointed preacher. I mean, just anointing all over him. He was, it, it, summers, he was out all over getting asked, would do revival after revival after revival. He even preached church camps. Kids camp. At 17, like, when I was 17, I went to him. He's preaching them. Just, just a strong, strong anointing on him. And then I watched as this anointed person who, who if you asked him, it's, I want to serve God. And he had the skill. He had the gift. He had the anointing. He had grown, but he hadn't matured. And even though he fed multitudes, he didn't feed himself, and he got too hungry. And it started just simple of some friends from high school that would say, hey, let's go to this party over at at this college. 
and no big deal. But because he was hungry, he'd eat of the bowl a little bit. And this man of God, with this strong anointing, gave it all up. Last I heard, we, we've got a mutual friend that's a pastor, and he keeps in touch with him some. And I'll ask every now and then, I'll say, how's, how's Sean doing? And I'm saying his real name because none of y'all know it anyway, so don't have to hide it. How's Sean doing? Well, he's been, been divorced a couple of times. He's not in church. Man, meth really got him. He's can't keep down a job. And I think, oh my goodness. He traded it all in for what was presented to him at the moment. He gave up what he wanted most for what he could get his hands on now because he was too hungry. And he might have grown in skill, but he didn't grow in character. Beware. Can I remind you of what you're giving up? Can I remind you of what your inheritance is? It says that we are heirs, joint heirs with Christ. Oh, come on. We have an inheritance of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We have an inheritance that cannot be denied. We have an inheritance for us that is greater. He's got blessings in store. He's got peace for you that you'll never know. He's got love for you that you'll never realize. He's got joy that you've never, never received. He's got all this stored up for you, and I'm afraid that we give it for the bowl. In Hebrews, it says this of Esau. And I think this is one of the saddest scriptures. The saddest things. Hebrews chapter 12, it says, says, looking carefully, the writer's warning, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up. That will cause trouble. And by this many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau. How would you like for that to be your legacy? Like Esau. Who for one morsel of food. The bowl sold his birthright. For you know that afterwards, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. How sad. That's what the bowl will do. 
Esau, Esau hated it, resented it, but he couldn't get it back. Even though he saw it with tears, don't let the bowl destroy you. I think of the sons because here they are. There's two sons, one who wanted the blessing, one who despised it, one who sought the birthright and one who would willingly give it up for anything, for the appetite. Sons, sons. And Esau couldn't get it back. I think of another son a prodigal where there's two and that prodigal he gave up his inheritance for the time for the pleasure inheritance for bowl what he wanted now he said the, the prodigal even said I want my inheritance now I don't want to wait I want it now I want to enjoy it now I want, I want to experience it now now but unlike Esau he was able when he came to his senses and he came back to the father why was that able to happen because there was another son come on oh oh oh, oh this is this is good that was able to happen and it can happen for you because there was another son there was another son that came down and he gave up his inheritance at the moment. He gave it all up so that he could come down to save me and you become that sacrifice. And when he was tempted with the bowl, when he was hungry, when he had been fasting for 40 days and the enemy said, I know you're hungry right now. Why don't you take a bowl? Why don't you just, if you'll just turn it into bread, it will satisfy your appetite for a little bit. It'll satisfy satisfy you. Why don't you just do that? It worked for Esau. It worked for others, but the enemies, but, but Jesus said, no, no, I'm not eating of the bowl because I'm fed by the Spirit of God instead. I'm not falling for the bowl. I'm not eating this bowl, this lousy bowl in here because he didn't eat of it. We get to receive the inheritance back. You see, there's another son. There's another son. And I don't care if you've ate of it before. He's willing to trade back the bowl back for the inheritance. He said, I'll take your guilt. I'll take your sin. I'll take your shame. I'll take your regrets. I'll take all that stuff, all that bitterness in the bowl. Just give it to me. And I will exchange for you life eternal. Thanks for joining us today. Please share this podcast, have a great week, and make an impact on those around you.